0: Hello and welcome in to another edition of the fantasy football pod long time no see boys coming at you on Wednesday afternoon Uh, August 2nd after a recording session last night. How was our how are Wednesdays boys any any stories to tell uh,
1: after the 20 hour hiatus here. I was going to say, it's it's good to see that you guys made it through the past 20 hours. It's always nice <laughs> to see you guys again. So, uh, nope, I had to work in the office today, so nothing too exciting. If you, uh, I guess this is going to be coming out Friday, so if you're listening to this one and you have not checked out, we had the running backs on Wednesday and news and notes on Thursday. We'll also have some notes in this one from stuff that we just, uh, I guess, not, it's really not even that big of a note section, but just a couple of things that came through uh, over the course of today, but... Yeah, Eric. Anything happened to you down in Arkansas? Any crazy Arkansas story? You were you were supposed to work till eight, and you got off at four thirty. So I'm gonna yeah. say you had a pretty well, good day. Well,
2: <laughs> I was up till three a.m. last night programming because I couldn't go to sleep after our show. So <laughs> that's when I did yeah, most of my work.
0: <laughs> after we wrapped up at twelve thirty-five a.m. Yeah, I sat in the bed
2: for three yeah. hours, typing away, smashing on my keyboard.
0: Fun stuff. Uh, I don't know if we ended up mentioning it off the top, but we are doing the wide receiver disagreement show today uh, after the running backs last night. Like Cody said, I believe that one dropped today uh, and the NFL news and notes section update. Uh, did we get that one out today codes or is that one coming out
1: tomorrow? It's going to be Thursday morning is when that was morning be out. So this okay. one's going to be out Friday that we're recording now. So if you listen to this one, check out the ones from the previous two days, both on YouTube or your podcast platform,
0: make so sure you we, subscribe.
1: We will update the
0: news that happened today in the NFL, uh, the the rest of the news and notes we covered uh, from the last about week and a half on uh, a separate podcast, like Cody said, that will drop on Thursday, so that should still be pretty up-to-date. Nothing really happened today, just a few updates on injuries uh, for the most part, but before we jump into the football section of
1: the podcast, who wants to start out with their hot take? I'll start out with mine. I feel actually pretty good about this one. I feel like it's a little bit maybe spicier than the past. The the couple duds I threw up yesterday, uh, but well, I guess one of them wasn't a dud. I just needed to be a little bit spicier with it. I think it was it was on the right track. The other one was kind of a dud. Uh, but I think Adidas is the superior popular shoe brand over Nike, Under Armour, uh, any of the other, you know bigger shoe brand names out there and i was reminded of that this weekend down at uh the branson outlets checked out the nike store looked around really couldn't find anything that caught my eye went to that adidas store took about two seconds i was like damn these things are more comfortable they look better just an adidas kind of guy at least for the shoes i guess i mean i'm wearing a nike like hoodie so don't get me wrong they got they got some great products too but as for the shoes alone i think i go I'm actually going to preface that the tennis shoes, like the just everyday walk around tennis shoe, because Nike does include Jordans, which are better than uh, you know majority of shoes on their own. But Adidas over Nike in the tennis shoe department
0: yeah, I'm not really a brand's guy to be honest with you. I kind of just wear what I like so i'm I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna disagree with you. I would wear adidas's. I, I just I don't have I don't brand loyalty for most things, especially shoes myself. so I may not be the best one to comment on it Eric, do you have any hot do you have any hot takes on Cody's hot take?
2: um I've had three of the same pairs of Nikes that are like my everyday tennis shoes and I like I don't know I I just kind of like them They're just normal black ones But I feel like I break them in real quickly And So I've had Three of those in a row They've all lasted me Like a year and a half So I don't know I don't know the last time I actually had an Adidas shoe though I think it was probably I had like Skateboarding Adidas's When I was In high school probably And then maybe in college I don't know
1: Try it out Eric yeah. Put more, a little extra A little extra flavor In your life Yeah Switch up that shoe Every once in a while Eric? All right. Which one of you two want to go?
2: Yep. I'll take it away. Um, my hot take is that the greatest board game on the face of the earth is Monopoly. And there's not even really a second place. What's the matter, Nick? Oh <laughs> my you feel? God. <laughs>
0: that's that's just the least surprising hot take I've ever seen in my life, knowing what I know about you. So uh, that's, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree. Again, I'm not a huge board game guy. I liked him a lot more when I was younger. Uh, I'm trying to think of there's a really underrated one. Stratego is really underrated. Love it. I I do like Stratego too. I think that might Monopoly is my my favorite. But yeah, Monopoly is classic and it's pretty fun. You can play it with more than you know. You can get six people in there. I think that's a nice benefit of it. But uh cody uh, how are you you're uh <laughs> I feel like you've had some bad luck when we've had our our occasional monopoly games with the boys on xbox but uh what do you think
1: yeah bad luck or just people don't want to make trades that are fair whenever <laughs> it involves me i'm just supposed to be the nick mineo of the group i know he's probably not watching but when, when he's not there i'm supposed to just fill in and act like the i don't M- have a brain and let eric just bend me over and when i don't I just get berated for a good 15 seconds after I deny the trade. So uh, I, I do enjoy Monopoly quite a bit. So I, I think I'm there with you. I don't know if it's the best. I feel like if I played a lot more board games, then I'd probably find some others I like other better. But Monopoly's up there for
2: sure. I actually still do play like quite a lot of board games. My brother really likes him. So. I'm
1: a big card game guy. I play a lot of and different I- card games, I've realized. I do not play as many board games next episode
0: I might have a hard game hot take for you my hot take of the evening is that couch napping is better than bed napping Uh, I think this has a lot to do with a nap nap being kind of a you know you want to go to sleep but not get into your I guess your REM cycle if I'm being technical but I think a bed is, is almost is too good of a nap because when I get up I don't feel rested I don't feel like I have I just feel more tired because I want to go to actual sleep at that point a couch kind of provides me with a you know a nice 60 to 90 minute refuge, and i can you know kind of gain some energy from that that situation but other way around it doesn't really work for me i feel you we have an
2: awesome couch in our apartment back in chicago and there have been some pretty pretty solid afternoons where i just go splat right on it
1: so yeah, satisfying nick too. i I think I got to throw that take in the freezer, man. I think I think couch naps are by far the more superior nap than than bed napping. And if I could get my rim cycle rim cycle sleeping on a couch, I may consider it, depending on the couch that it is. I love I love taking naps on a couch, so I am right there with you. Cannot cannot combat that one very much. Well,
0: I will uh, try to get back in my bag and get a little more spicy <laughs> next time. I know yeah. I was uh, talking up the to you next time yeah with two seasoned couch napping veterans uh, <laughs> all three of us I, were
2: pretty mellow here i think we all yeah, agree with i was with gonna each say i feel like we're,
0: we're like we're at fours or fives across the board here we really all agreed with each other that's yeah. not not the not the fun i was hoping for necessarily but uh do we have any other comments on the hot takes or do you want to move into the news, guys?
1: uh let's do it have you Alrighty. heard the news Time for Nick's news and notes from around the NFL.
0: Still getting used to the drops over here, guys. Uh, but anyway, a uh, few updates from uh, the, the news that we gave you yesterday. Cooper Cup, his injury seems to be uh, pretty mild compared to what uh, the possibilities were here. Should be back in a couple weeks. I'm sure Sean McVay will be extra... Cautious with him. It's not like he was going to play in the preseason anyway, but I think you can confidently draft him wherever you were drafting him before this. I'm not too concerned. Do uh, either of you
1: have a different view of this, or are
0: we all right here?
1: Uh, as long as he's healthy for the start of the season, he's one of my top three or four wide receivers I want, so he, he's yeah. not, not changing in my opinion. Yeah, good news for Cooper Cup. uh Best ball drafters or early drafters,
0: looks like he's going to be okay. I had a funny moment out of Patriots camp here. Uh, Cody's boy, Ramondre Stevenson, has been sitting out of practices pretty often. In an apparent attempt to save his legs, when asked, Stevenson said, honestly, you've got to ask Bill Belichick why I'm not practicing. Really uh, throwing the hoodie under the bus, not what I would recommend necessarily from a fourth-round running back that Again, is uh, always just a replaceable position. Uh, I think at the end of the day, this is just kind of a funny quote, but interesting situation here, I guess, that Stevenson and his coach maybe not seeing eye-to-eye on his uh, practice habits.
1: Yeah, I, I think if there's one coach in the NFL that just like grabs your attention that a player said his name in any kind of a negative way in an interview, like Bill Belichick's just like, wouldn't want to be Ramondre Stevenson tomorrow practice. Like, you want to be on the field, buddy? <laughs> I can't be on the field. Today. Let's, let's roll. Uh, but, yeah, it's it probably won't be more than just a funny quote. But, like I said, just because it's Bill Belichick, it just has that added little spice factor into it.
2: He's going to be covering punts in the preseason.
0: I was gonna say,
1: that, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs>
0: he's gonna play ninety-five percent of the snaps week one of the preseason now, just uh, just out of spite. But um, Calvin Ridley, he has a toe issue. This one's a new update. Uh, I didn't see this as a big uh, big problem though. He was still limited in practice, so the fact that he's out there at all means uh, this is probably pretty minor. And then Alvin he, Kamara. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Cody.
1: Sorry, it, it's even less minor than that. All he had to do was change his shoes. And he was back out on the practice field in full all capacity. Right. He was just limited for the portion of practice that he did not have the correct shoes on. For some had to get season. some
2: Adidas so, cleats there.
1: Yeah, apparently. you know if he if he did <laughs> that that explains why he's looking so fast in in these videos online. So <laughs> all makes sense now.
0: Last bit of news that I'm not sure is news at all. I feel like this was already the expectation, but report came out: Alvin Kamara expected to be suspended by the NFL. So there was any hope that he was going to get out of this without a suspension that seems to be pretty much gone but i think this is basically what we all expected so no change from uh, my end at all here any uh anything else to update here guys or do we want to jump into
1: it i think we're ready for it ready to get into the wide receivers last last arguments episode let's get into do it, it.
0: Love the hard stop. All right. Uh, So if you guys, again, if this is your first one, uh, me and Cody have uh, ranked all of the position groups. Uh, We have chosen five players here at the wide receiver position group that we have some uh, disagreement on. Uh, Obviously, one of us will be a little higher. One of us will be a little lower. We will give our arguments for each side on the same player. Eric will choose which argument he believes to uh, be better as the fantasy mediator slash judge here. Uh, again, five players. So there will be a winner here, uh, one way or another pretty straightforward. We have done five of these so far, or excuse me, this, I guess this is our fourth one. Uh, this is, we've done three so far. This is our fourth one. Uh, everybody should know what uh, the deal is at this point. Any questions, boys, are we ready to jump into it?
1: Do you have your, uh, kicker rankings ready to roll for tomorrow's episode?
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, there we go. It's basically it basically just says Justin Tucker, and then it's just a blank <laughs> list after that. So, um, there we go. It's going to be a really fun episode. Uh, Cody. You want
1: me to introduce the first guy since yeah, I am in absolutely. the affirmative of the argument? Beautiful. You? Well, I want to start first by saying, Eric, you just, thanks for joining tonight. You look awfully good in that Arkansas hotel. So, oh, let's yeah. jump into these, into these be arguments. Checking here. out tomorrow <laughs> more go cheese. Back home. More cheese. All right. fucking peanut gallery over here. There we go. Okay, first guy we have up on the board, DK Metcalf. I will say uh, his ADP is 15. I have him at 15. Nick has him at 21. So I probably have him more towards a mid-tier wide receiver two. Nick's more towards the back end wide receiver two. So not too far off. And um, all of the earlier guys we actually tended to agree on, I think our biggest difference for really one through like 12 or 13 was only like one or two spots. So this is like our first big difference in the rankings. Uh, For me, really, it's just a cutoff of tiers Um, right at DK Metcalf is basically the start of what I consider my tier four of wide receivers. So I'm going to lump him in there with Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, Debo, Jerry Judy, um, Amari Cooper, I think is the other name on that list. So those kind of guys, they all see very similarly. I think that they all have either really high talent or really high potential, but just maybe a couple question marks. And I think DK's is really just about JSN being added to this team and what he's going to take away from DK. And I think that that's fair because one thing we pointed out last year is the reason why DK and Tyler Lockett were just so good and consistent for fantasy football was they only had two true offensive targets in that passing game. So even with a less stellar quarterback in Geno Smith, uh, you were still able to get a plenty of production. And, again, Geno Smith also was better than we thought. But even if he wasn't, it still would have been fine because there was only two. So going into this year, um, really with DK for me, I I don't have a lot of – the stats aren't going to really lean in my favor, if I'm being completely honest, because all we're going to talk about is stats that could potentially be going away to JSN – for me, it's just betting on the player. When I look at these other guys, DK has tended to be healthier than the majority of these guys. He has all—he's almost always out on the field. Just a freak of nature athlete, and I think he's one of those guys that if you get the ball in his hands, he could just make magic, magical stuff happen. So, again, I'm sure Aaron, or not i am sure Nick has plenty of stats as to why DK Metcalf's numbers are going to go down this year. I'm pretty interested to hear it, but. When I just look at the guy, D.K. Metcalf, it's just hard for me to move him down in rankings, just knowing what he has been and what I think he still can continue to do.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think this is the, again, I'm going to preface this, this is the, the one guy off the top that I have the hardest time arguing against just as a player. I think the biggest thing for me is uh, the end zone targets. They've been elite the past couple years. Last year, he led the NFL by a wide margin, only scored six touchdowns, actually. But uh, if that is to continue and he sees some regression in the touchdown category, uh, he's going to have a great year. I think that's, that's really the only way that DK Metcalf really pays off on his draft costs, though uh let's look at uh kind of an overview of him as a player and uh you might see a little bit why i'm sort of concerned about uh him this year he had an elite 2020 season he really broke out that was his second year in the league he was wide receiver eight in points per game had 10.1 yards per target really efficient really good uh didn't need a ton of targets to get there it looked like he was kind of springboarding himself into the you know top five or ten discussion for the next couple years i think he was only 23 that year but since then he has had seasons of 7.5 and 7.4 yards per target. Very pedestrian, uh, probably even below average uh, as far as the NFL is concerned. Um, his dot decreased in three straight years as well. Uh, so dating back to that 2020 season, he was at 13.7. The last two, 12.7, 11.2. Suggests a possible decline in athleticism or just maybe a different role in the offense. But again, this is a guy you kind of rely on big plays for haven't been uh haven't been targeting him as much downfield for whatever reason the past couple years and he has been just frankly outperformed by his teammate tyler lockett uh, on a points per game basis in 2021 tyler lockett wide receiver 14 in points per game at 12.8 points uh, dk Metcalf wide receiver 19 at 12.2 last year dk Metcalf wide receiver 27 in points per game at 10.7. Tyler Lockett, uh, wide receiver, 15 at 12.2. Uh, so pretty substantial margin last year and a you know a decent-sized margin the year before. He's just been a better player on the field uh, the last two NFL seasons. And then JSN, like Cody mentioned, uh, he's kind of the wild card here. Uh, obviously, he had a disappointing last year in college, had some injuries, only played three games. But I think we need to remember how good this dude was uh, in his 2021 season with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Two top 15 picks in the draft, two guys that had incredible rookie years in the NFL on the same team. Jackson Smith and Jigba, 95 catches, 1,606 yards, nine touchdowns. For context, Garrett Wilson, 70 catches, 1,058 yards, 12 scores. Chris Olave, 65 catches, 936 yards, 13 scores. So almost a 600-yard advantage on both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Uh, a year before his draft eligible season, um, in the same offense, really outproducing two, what we would say are two top twelve wide receivers in consensus ADP right now in the NFL. Uh, so really, really impressive stuff there. If JSN comes in and just is the best player on the team in the in the wide receiver room, at least I wouldn't be that shocked. I mean, it's he's shown the ability to do that, and um, you know that that would that would be the one way that would be the one area DK just you know he has had. Horribly inefficient years, the last two years, they kind of go away from him because this elite prospect just emerges. Uh, But, yeah, I'm just seeing some concerning signs in his efficiency, and uh, the the addition of JSN does not bode well for his, uh, his ceiling, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I would like to note that he has been the clear number one on the team, even though Tyler Lockett has outproduced him from a fantasy perspective. The other team is game planning around DK Metcalf, not around Tyler Lockett. So he does have a little bit of tougher matchups he has to go against. Adding a third wide receiver, I don't think necessarily hurts him as much as that because it just gives them another another guy on the field, especially if he's an elite talent, gives them another guy they have to watch out for. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, I don't really think this guy's coming in to take DK Metcalf's spot. I don't think he's really coming in to take Tyler Lockett's spot. I think there's a a there's room for a third option on this team. It may overall take away from these guys' ceilings, but I think spreading the field out a little bit more, giving DK maybe you know, less one on one coverage with top corners, maybe less double teams could also help out his value a little bit in that uh respect. But yeah, I mean again, like the guys that I and just kind of including them around like Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, D hop, Debo Samuel, Calvin Ridley's a little tough for me. I've been raising, rising a little bit on Calvin Ridley with the camp hype, but I I just, I still just take DK Metcalf every time over those guys when it's my turn to pick. So I guess I don't really, like I said, don't have the stats to back it up because you can't really like just throw stats out there whenever there's a whole new guy coming into the equation. That could be a big impact, just kind of a feeling with DK. I think he's still that guy. And I think he, he can show it this year with even with a third option yeah I,
0: I don't think there's a room for a third option here on the Seattle offense they threw a lot more than they normally do last year I don't expect it to go up I think it's if anything going to stay where it was which is slightly above league average again that's not typical for a Pete Carroll team in general but even if it stays there uh, 553, uh, overall targets to spread throughout the offense, uh, 255 went to Metcalf and Lockett. So just under half, uh, that's a really high total for your top two wide receivers, but I don't know if there is room for a third guy to get in there and all three of them have successful years. In my opinion, if you want a piece of the Seattle offense and you don't trust JSN yet, whether it's because he's a rookie or because you're concerned about his final year in college, I would just wait and take Tyler Lockett a couple rounds after DK Metcalf. He's been better than him for two straight years. There's been no injury concerns for DK Metcalf. So, for whatever reason, uh, Lockett's just been a better NFL player by pretty wide margin the last 34 games, which is a sizable sample size, in my opinion.
1: Any questions, Eric? Uh, No.
2: I am going to side with Nick on this one. I think there are a couple too many mouths to feed on this offense.
1: I I hated that one from the second I saw it. I almost texted you and said we should do someone different because I I immediately was just like I I there's no good argument other than I just trust DK Metcalf to continue being a beast of a football player and yeah like yeah I 100% agree like yeah there's a lot of concern about drafting him where he's at when you factor in JSN coming in there and Tyler Lockett being as productive as he is. so I think it's uh, it's the end zone. I tried targets. it for the bit, but, yeah, it's just – it's I, I tend to – I would lean your way. I don't know if I'd really move him that far down my rankings besides behind Calvin Ridley, but I, I'm not as excited to draft him as you, you should be when you're taking a guy as early as him.
0: I think it's – yeah, I think the end zone targets is the only – only good argument you can probably have. Uh, I don't have the numbers in here in front of me, but I believe it was something like 24 end zone targets for DK Metcalf. The next closest to the NFL was like 17. or so. It was was ridiculous how far and away ahead he was. And he wasn't very efficient with them, so you could also argue that he didn't even
1: score a lot. will go a different
0: way this year because he didn't catch a lot of them, but at the same time, it's like if you're dropping back as a quarterback, you see a giant guy over there in the corner, you're going to throw the ball at him. A literal that kind of makes Yeah, that makes some sense to me. So I, I could see that argument. Maybe he just scores 13 touchdowns and it doesn't even matter. But, yeah, I'm concerned with his uh, his efficiency the past couple of years. It's been surprisingly bad after I dug into it.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about Mr. Consistency. Nick's guy this year and Eric's guy. I already know this is enough. <laughs> I, I feel say. like i going down 2-0 right away. <laughs> But I do not give a fuck. Let's talk about my least favorite guy in the NFL, DJ Moore. And Eric, you're have sorry, to, Nick, you not, you take the floor.
0: <laughs> not to spoil it, but you're going to have to back up a Green Bay Packer after this. So you got a real uphill battle coming here with uh, a Chicago Bears fan as the judge. Uh, that is, of course, DJ Moore. Um, I, I will admit, this is probably my least statistical argument that I have. I will give some numbers, uh, but... Again, there, there I have just kind of fudged some things. I don't have a huge statistical argument here for uh, DJ Moore, you know, taking a giant leap here. I have him at seventeen. ADP's twenty three, Cody has him at twenty seven. So this is actually a pretty large disagreement in this area of the draft. Uh ADP like a little closer to Cody, but pretty much right in the middle of us. So wide receiver seventeen where I'd like where I would be taking him. Uh, he's going at the four or five turn right now. I mean, so basically I'd be comfortable taking him in the fourth. I mean, that's a decent investment, but it's not like, you know, you're not, you're not taking a, it's, you can take him after a guy like DK Metcalf, like we talked about. Uh, let's see who else is going around. Drake London's ahead of him right now. D hop, uh, Jerry Judy. I would gladly take him over all those guys. Uh, let's look at, uh, DJ Moore's career real quick. Uh, he has had a 25% target share over his career after his rookie season. Uh, he is at 8.1 yards per target in his career. Really solid numbers with very mediocre quarterback play. I think he had one season where Teddy Bridgewater kind of had a resurgent year. He had a, a pretty solid season as a quarterback that year. But other than that, he's been dealing with the Sam Darnolds, the Baker Mayfields. Uh, he's really been the bottom of the barrel as far as quarterback play is concerned. And still on a rate basis, he has been pretty solid. I think this is a really good wide receiver here. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the argument comes down to Chicago throwing the ball more. They've had 22.2 pass attempts per game last season. If you look at every team that was lowest in the league at pass attempts in that particular year, the last 11 years, Chicago is still an outlier. I Remember, I said 22.2 pass attempts per game. The second lowest in the last 11 years was 2013 Seattle at 25.7. A full three and a half pass attempts higher than what Chicago was at last year, which is just incredible. 27.07 27.07 is the average over those uh, over all of those 11. So I think we can expect them to get to at least the average of the lowest, you know, NFL team at pass attempts per game. And I think 30 attempts per game is pretty reasonable. That would still be probably bottom five to ten in the NFL. Uh, but with them drafting a, for a tackle uh, at number 10 and trading a ton of assets to go get DJ Moore, uh, it's it's signaling them wanting to throw the ball more. They have some better weapons now. I think 30 attempts per game is very reasonable. And if we give DJ Moore his career rates, 25% target share, 8.1 yards per target, like I said, that would give him 70 catches, 1,071 yards, 7 touchdowns. I gave him touchdowns based on Justin Fields' career touchdown rate. Uh, And that would get us to wide receiver 18 last year, which is right around where I have him. Any improvement in Justin Fields' game or bump in target share, I think 25% is pretty conservative, honestly. I'd expect him to be closer to thirty if I was projecting him out. Uh, we Will only fold, push him further up the board. And again, this just this just has that smell of the AJ Brown to the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts takes a step. AJ Brown takes a step. <laughs> oh my God. Stephon Diggs to the that, Bills. That is. Josh Allen takes a step.
1: Stephon Diggs
0: takes a step. I mean this this is just this is just what we've seen the past couple off seasons. This is the move that was made by a team in a similar situation for a quarterback that was struggling to throw the ball but is throwing to who? Equinemius St. Brown, Darnell Mooney, half a year because he gets injured. Uh, he had no targets, and I think you give him a really, really good wide receiver one, in my opinion, and he can take a leap. Uh, it's a bit of a risk, but I think he's going to get a ton of targets either way, and maybe he'll just be his inefficient DJ Moore self. You'll have a boomer bust wide receiver two. Uh, maybe not what you expected, but not going to be a negative asset. Uh, and, and he has upside for a lot more.
1: Yeah, um, I that would be awesome for Eric if he ends up being the next AJ Brown to uh, Jalen Hurts being or Justin Fields being Jalen Hurts. But I think we are nowhere in the same stratosphere as that in this situation. Stephon Diggs was being uh, drafted
0: in this range the first year in Buffalo. I will say that, and he he exploded. Uh, it was a very very similar situation to the Diggs case, uh, in my opinion. I, I think these these guys profile very similarly in their careers before they were traded.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think Justin Fields is anywhere near where Josh Allen was as a passer at that year of his career. Oh, uh, well, I mean going that, into Josh it, was
0: horrible as a passer before that year, he was awful. I mean, probably worse. Not, no, Raiders not towards the Fields. end of
1: the not towards the end of the season. He started picking up towards the end of the season. They got digs, and then he took off right after that. But, I mean, basically, the, again, I, I'm not going to combat that argument because I don't really have anything for that. But I, if you listen to the podcast, you know how I feel about DJ Moore. He's a boom-bust wide receiver, too. That is his ceiling. That is what has proven to be his ceiling throughout his entire career. And we could talk about quarterbacks, but talking about Justin Fields, like he's going to turn into one of the top five quarterbacks this year is, I would say, a little bit crazy just based on the fact that we didn't see anything besides running from him last year. Uh, Darnell Mooney was the highest scoring wide receiver they had last year, 58th in points per game. So even if he was hurt, even when he's out there, he was still now producing for a fantasy perspective, uh, coming off a year where he was 26th in points per game in 2021. So he actually declined with their new offense. They have, um, I, for me, it's just simple. I know, I know what the outcome is. The the best that he's finished is wide receiver 18, I I don't think Justin Fields is an elite passer of the football. He has not proven to be anything like that so far in his career. And I like, yeah, we can point to outliers like Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, but those are outliers. Like we're not just expecting every quarterback to make that jump. We saw what happened when people expected Baker to make that jump, and people expected other young quarterbacks to make that kind of jump. Not everyone does it. Like outliers like Hurts and Allen are outliers for a reason. Again, I know this is an uphill battle. I'm not trying to talk shit on Justin Fields. I think he's a good value where you can draft him in fantasy. I just would not want his pass-catching options, including DJ Moore, uh, anywhere near you know uh, where he's going in drafts. I think every guy around him I would take over him.
0: I guess that's fair.
1: Uh, but, um,
0: yeah, I, I, just, I would point to the quality of targets that he was throwing to as a reason – as a huge reason for um, – a lot of his, his poor rate metrics as a thrower, uh, literally. Let's look at his leading target getters last year. Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, again, he missed uh, a good chunk of the season with that ankle injury towards the end. David Montgomery, Equinemius St. Brown, Dante Pettis, the ghost of Dante Pettis was starting games for the Chicago Bears. He Chase Claypool no, horrible at the end of the year. Byron Pringle, Bayless Jones. I mean, come on. This guy has not had anyone to throw to in his career so far other than Darnell Mooney, who actually I like a lot, but I think will be way better served as a quality number two than the number one wide receiver on an NFL team.
1: That is, that's all for you to take. Snag up as much DJ Moore as you can. That's just going to be a nice boom-bust wide receiver three for you.
0: Well, that's what they said Eric, about any Stephon questions? Diggs. Then he finished top five. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good, I
2: think. I think I am actually going to shock people here, and I'm going to side with Cody because I don't think that we're going to throw the ball that much more. I think we will – our targets, our throws will go up, but I don't – I think we're probably still going to be under 30 throws a game this year just because, I mean, when Justin Fields took off, it's not because they opened up the passing game. It's because they were like, hey, just fucking run around everybody, and I don't necessarily think they're going to go away from that. Um, I – I do like the boom bust he has, but I agree with Cody, there are a lot of really good receivers in that range that I would probably take over DJ Moore. Not Drake That's London. Fair enough.
0: Though. That's fair enough. I uh I will take DJ Moore gladly in the uh at the four or five turn. And you know, it, I, like I said, I think it uh, think it has a ton of upside and his floor is not that low in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I I gotta say I was not expecting you to come out with the uh, Justin Fields is going to be the next Jalen Hurts argument in this one. So uh, it really did make me.
2: try tried to butter my biscuit a little bit, but
1: I mean, I I don't kidding, I don't know but. what tells you
0: that. I mean, again, I think Justin Fields is. We'll go we'll go back and look at his rate stats on his throwing before last year. Jalen Hurts that is not that much better than Justin Fields, if not worse. So and in college. Justin Fields was a far superior passer of the football than Jalen Hurts. I think it's easy to see him taking a leap into year three just like Jalen Hurts did. I mean, it's the same situation.
2: I got to vote with my brain, not my heart, sadly. Might have been. I
1: I, I don't think I'm going to call the 2023 Bears the same situation as the 2022 Eagles. But DJ Moore definitely helps him out a little bit. All right, we go. Are we good for number three?
0: Yeah, let's do it. It's your guy.
1: Let's do. Let's 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 get back up, climbing this hill again. I got a got a packer. I got pack to present here for you, Eric. My guy. I mean, this this is definitely. My, oh, fuck, my guy. Um, I picked him up in almost every league at the end of last year. He was a reason that I kind of snuck into a couple of playoffs. I probably didn't deserve to is christian watson currently going as the wide receiver 24 i am just above at the 22 nick at the 28 so not a huge difference but there's a big enough one there that i want to stake my claim for christian watson so this is not a for sure fact i didn't go through every player last year but i am almost certain that he has the highest points per game 10.3 with the lowest opportunities per game 4.6 of any other fantasy viable option um You know, outside of maybe like a random running back or receiver who catches a long touchdown, the one chance they get or something like that. So um, he was banged up to start last season, missed a few games with injuries to start last season as well. Obviously took a little bit for him and Aaron Rodgers to get on the same page. Uh, I think that that's one step ahead this year. Now, obviously, it's going to be Jordan Love. So we're going to that's a question mark that I completely understand. Uh, as for me, I'm not going to look at it as an entirely big negative right now. Uh, where you're seeing a lot of other quarterbacks kind of just given a kind of a step up, and everyone just thinks Jordan Love is going to be completely incompetent. Like, here's the thing: if you have a quarterback in your building that long that's completely incompetent, you're, you know, and you're not going to probably just completely commit to them. Which I guess they haven't, but I like they they are. If he's any any resemblance of good this year, they're going to commit to him. Um, but my reason why I love Christian Watson, he has great game breaking ability. Obviously, with the limited amount of opportunities last year, he was putting a lot of fantasy points on the board from week 10 and on. He was the overall wide receiver eight for fantasy football. So that's obviously a big step going into this year once he finally got healthy. And then my final point, and I think this is probably the biggest point for me, is I am not at all trying to come across and say that he is going to sustain his level of production on his level of opportunities. I truly believe he's going to be the wide receiver one or the primary pass catching option for uh, the the Green Bay Packers. So I see a good amount of opportunity jump here, and then I just think he has very he's a very talented wide receiver. I think it easily lands him into wide receiver wide receiver two territory, and um, unlike DJ Moore, I do think Christian Watson has true ability to break out in his sophomore season.
0: Fair enough. I like Watson the player. Uh, A lot of his rate stats were really good last year. Again, that's with Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Fame quarterback, so hard to know if he's going to be able to replicate that with Jordan Love. On Jordan Love, by the way, I don't think that this signals any sort of belief from the Packers in his ability. Uh, The fact that they let his entire rookie contract run out without him playing says a lot more to me than him starting this year. Their options at quarterback were essentially – Play Jordan Love or go sign Derek Carr to a too expensive contract or, you know, one of the other mid-level veteran quarterbacks that were available on the market. They had too late of a pick to go out and try to get one of the elite quarterbacks in this year's draft. And they are not a team that ever pays free agents, let alone paying a, you know, a mid-level quarterback to replace a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, So I I think they're kind of just stuck with Jordan Love. They kind of have to see what they have this year. Uh, He has not been impressive on film or in any place that he's played before. In college, I thought I was a bit of a reach when he was taken to begin with. Uh, And then on Christian Watson, huge reliance on touchdowns last year. Did have a very impressive run, like Cody said, uh, from Week 10 on. But 37.6% of his points came on touchdowns. For context, Devontae Adams led the league with 14 touchdowns last year, and he had 29.4% of his points from touchdowns. So Christian Watson... Uh, Really, really touchdown-reliant last year. Uh, Again, nine in, uh, I believe, all of the the Week 10 and on games. I don't think he had any before them. Excuse me, I'm not positive. But uh, touchdowns obviously played a huge part. The Packers' offense also concerns me. Uh, The last three seasons, in plays per game overall, they're 24th, 18th, and 20th. Uh, that is with a good quarterback on mostly successful teams. Last year, you know, obviously they were a little bit more closer to 500, but the two years before that they were 13 and three. That's a team that has the ball that should be, you know, higher end of plays per game uh, in totality. Give them a bad quarterback, maybe knock down the win total a couple couple degrees. They could be bottom three in overall plays. So I think there's just going to be less opportunities uh, across the board for this offense. Uh, and again, the Jordan Love factor is just a little scary for me. the The bottom, the the floor for Christian Watson. We talked about the floor for DJ Moore. The, the floor for Christian Watson is unplayable uh, in you know three or four weeks. I think you could easily envision a scenario where you know him and Romeo Dobbs are kind of close in target share, and you know you're you're getting four or five targets a week. And you're getting a lot of one or two catch games. Uh, I would rather take my shot on a guy like Mike Williams, who I think profiles very similarly, but plays on a much much better team with a much better quarterback.
1: Yeah, I I think our our difference in opinion here is I don't think that there's going to be a him and Romeo Dobbs are 50-50 in targets. I think he is going to be the wide receiver one like they drafted him to be. And I think that this is going to be a year that he, you know, if Jordan Love is below average and holds him back, he's going to finish as a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three. And if if Jordan Love is any resemblance of an average quarterback, Christian Watson is going to have the chance to really break out this year. He just his his talent is way higher than a lot of other guys in the same area. It's just your biggest question marks: Jordan Love, and I don't know. I got a hint that Christian Watson is like AJ Brown going to the Eagles, and Jordan Love is going to take a big step this year.
0: I'm just I, I don't see where I'm the logic kidding. is there <laughs> at all. Uh, was just a joke. Just a joke. Um, yeah, no, I I just think his floor is way lower than that. I mean, I could easily see him finishing outside the top 36 at wide receiver. Uh, I I don't think he's guaranteed to be the number one uh, by a wide margin. And, again, Jordan Love could be a bottom five quarterback. And then in that case, you're not. I mean, there's, there's a very good chance there's just no successful pass catchers on this team.
2: Where is his – you gave me his ranks. Where's his ADP? When is he going in drafts?
0: 24, mid-fifth. So right after DJ Moore. DJ Moore's 23, he's 24.
2: I'm going to side with Nick on this one. I don't trust Jordan Love yet, and I'm praying with all of my existence that he's ass. I hope he's the bottom one quarterback in the league, and I am going to let my heart do the talking here because if he's a fucking Hall of Famer, I'm never going to watch a football game
1: again.
0: Yeah, I don't think you got to worry
2: about it. Unfortunately,
1: that. Baker's going to be a starter, so he can only be bottom two. Yes.
2: Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> I'm hoping for worse than Baker, Kyle but, you know. Trask is all... gaining steam, all right? No, uh, you better watch Trask. I, just, I had to throw my Baker jab in there when I had the chance, so.
0: Fair enough. DJ Moore would probably do the same. Uh, all right, <laughs> uh, moving sure. on to my last guy of the evening here. That is Marquise Brown uh, of the Arizona Cardinals. All right here. Uh, so this is obviously going to depend quite a bit on Kyler Murray's health. We don't have a ton of updates yet as to when he's going to come back. Uh, we, again, we're, we're just hoping. Uh, it, it looks like a, a week three, week four return is in the cards potentially, but I think this is going to be something we're just going to have to monitor. Uh, right now, Marquise Brown's a mid-seventh round pick, so you're not paying much. I think even if you know you had, let's say, you had a draft tomorrow and you got to take him in the mid-seventh, uh, he's not going to be a completely dead asset with Colt McCoy at the helm. Uh, he's an he's an okay, serviceable backup quarterback. He'll get the ball to Marquise Brown uh, enough that you know he can probably be a low-end wide receiver two, wide receiver three type. Probably boom bust. I'm not going to have as much faith in him clearly though. I'll just say that right off the jump. Uh, basically, my argument for Marquise Brown is all based on the, the games that he played with Kyle Mur- Kyler Murray with No. Hopkins because they were truly, truly elite. I'm going to just give you the targets he had in those six games starting with week one and moving on. Six, 11, 17, 11, 10, 9. He had 43 catches for 485 yards and three touchdowns. That is a full season pace of 122 receptions, 1,374 yards, and eight and a half TDs. Would have been wide receiver six ahead of CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Waddell, and Jamar Chase in points per game. Uh, He played one game with Kyler and Hopkins as well. He still got eight targets in that game, uh, only six catches for 46 yards, but that was his first game off of what I believe was a ankle injury. I can't remember, Uh, but he had, a severe injury that kept him out for, I think it was six or seven games in the middle of the year there. Uh, And then Kyler obviously tore his ACL the first game uh, after that. But uh, I just think the upside's huge here. And again, this is a player that's been pretty consistent in his career, even through some offenses that didn't throw the ball so much in Baltimore. I think in the seventh round, you're kind of drafting him around his floor. Uh, I think, uh, you know, wide receiver 30 is pretty easy to expect, even with half a season of Colt McCoy. Uh, and then there's upside for a lot more here if Kyler Murray comes out and you know is targeting uh, targeting Brown to any degree close to where he was the first six games of last year. Their defense is going to be absolutely horrible. They're going to have to be coming back in games. Uh, I think the, the upside here is worth the play in the mid-seventh round.
1: Yeah, this is uh, similar to the DK argument. I don't necessarily love this one for my side of it. I do have some numbers I'll go through here that kind of back – I guess, somewhat avoiding Hollywood Brown, but I mean, he's an absolute value, especially if Kyler can find a way to come back early in the season. I mean, he has proven he can be a wide receiver one, both on the field and for your fantasy team. So again, that's tough to argue against because I, I will happily take Hollywood Brown where he's going in drafts. I think I actually, do I have his, do I have him right next to ADP? Yeah, he's ordered. thirty. Yeah, I have him right ahead, and then you have him a little bit higher. So yeah, like I, I take him every time right where he's at for sure. Uh, but here's my argument: uh, for one, when he he did have that six game sample size, um, I believe one of the games he had ten, he finished as like the wide receiver twenty five, and then another game where he had eleven, he finished outside the top thirty. So I just kind of went for the three games in the middle where he finished as a wide receiver one um for those three games i believe it was a 10 11 and a 17 target game so 12.6 targets per game that if he could keep that pace up that would lead the nfl by a whole one and a half targets per game so a little bit probably on the more unsustainable side but he could still definitely stay on the higher end of that so again not saying he's going to come down to like eight or seven and just completely fall off but if he comes back to you know nine and a half ten where a lot of you know, wide receiver one, two-ish players are, it, it would come down a little bit. And then when he did come back, he was still getting 7.8 targets per game, even with D-hop and then, you know, with Kyler, without Kyler. And, um, you know, in the per game, and obviously the lower level targets, but he had, his best finish was wide receiver 25, In the other four games, he finished outside the top 42 at the position. And that really just highlights the quarterback concern for me. If Kyler doesn't find a way to come back, because a little part of me kind of thinks that the Cardinals would be okay with Kyler missing the rest of the season or missing the season, them having, being in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes and then kind of resetting their franchise around a new young quarterback. But again, if Kyler can get it out there early, that's what you're paying him for. So that's kind of a tricky situation. Um, but my final like my concern is simply Kyler's ACL takes almost the full year that it takes for most people Hello. when they have an ACL injury going? it takes them a little bit longer to get back to his prior level and by that time when you're getting Hollywood's full fantasy value you're just you're fighting for a playoff spot or you may be just too late and you're already out of the playoffs so my concern with AJ well, my concern with Hollywood Brown is just that he, his upside is there, it's just if Kyler doesn't come back till later, or if not at all, he's probably not going to reach that in time for you to take full advantage this fantasy season.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. If Kyler's out uh, you know, more than half the year, uh, I think there's a decent chance that he's not even going to pay off on the ADP he's at right now in the mid-seventh, but uh, I think it's in Kyler's best interest to get out there as soon as he's healthy, whether the Cardinals want him to or not. If he's healthy, he's going to play. Uh, you know, these sure. guys are these guys are playing for contracts out there. They're not going to just sit him down if he's healthy. And again, Kyler Murray in specific, like you said, he could get replaced next season pretty easily if the Cardinals are the first or second you know, pick in the draft and they have a chance to take Drake May or Caleb Williams. And uh, who knows what happens to Kyler's career after that. I mean, he'd probably get a starting job somewhere, but We've seen a ton of these guys lately, be it Sam Darnold, be it Baker Mayfield, be it, you know, go down the list of guys that didn't work out with their original team. Not a lot of them have had success with, uh, you know, teams after that. So I think Kyler is really, you know, has a lot of motivation to come back and play well this year when he gets healthy. And if he does, I don't even think he has to play too well. If he targets Hollywood Brown anywhere near, even, you know, you cut off 10 or 15% of his targets, he'll still be easily a wide receiver, too.
1: Yeah, uh, and on your point about Kyler and the Cardinals, he's also under contract. So any team that is then thus trading for Kyler Murray, I'm sure the Cardinals are going to want to get something for him, considering they just paid him and he is a relatively high talent at that position. So I don't know. What I is. yeah, if he can play, I assume he contract. will. But again, like I, my final point here is just I'm not arguing that Hollywood Brown's going to be bad. I'm just arguing that I will. I I have him a little bit closer to where his ADP is currently. I just – my concerns, I guess, loom a little bit higher for me on the Kyler Murray return, and that's what's keeping me a little cold feet when it comes – giving me a little cold feet when it comes to Hollywood Brown. I have him at 25, by the
0: way. I don't know if I ever prefaced the fact it's – ADP's 34, you have him 33, I have him 25. So just wanted to throw that out there so we have a barometer.
1: Yep. Eric, any questions?
2: What week did Kyler tear his ACL last year?
1: Uh, I believe it was week ten or eleven. 14. Sounds familiar. Uh, but thirteen, maybe. It was here. Let me. I can. He came back three. and played one game, and then it would be. I'm pretty sure it was yeah, a I clean right ACL. There wasn't
0: uh, wasn't other ligaments damaged, uh, which usually, obviously, has a slightly quicker recovery timeline than those that do. But he was. It was December 12th, so pretty late in the year, week 14. Uh, but yeah, I again. Once he's healthy, I think he'll be out there. Quarterback, again, probably doesn't need the same level of, you know, healthy... You know, he doesn't need... you need the same level of recovery time as a wide receiver or running back, even though he is pretty mobile.
2: Yeah. Okie doke. Let's do it. I'm going to side with Cody on this one again. I do still think he has value, like Cody said. I just... I think... You might be a little bit oh, too high up.
1: Him? Huh? I was going to oh, say, I hated that argument. He literally just agreed with
0: me, dude. He <laughs> didn't even make an argument against fucking Marquise Brown. God damn.
1: But, uh, I mean, I, like, my, uh, my argument I was the guy that up for him.
0: Like,
2: I don't think I'd take him over. Maybe I would take him over God. I don't think I'd take him over Mike Williams. Probably. I eh, maybe, maybe in the same area as Tyler Lockett. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey fuck you i'm just gonna vote for Cody again next <laughs> time because you're upsetting me how does that make you feel nick
0: <laughs> i just can't believe uh, that i, I literally you just you just agreed with my argument it was like yeah i can't really argue against that and then you're like yeah cody i agree with you no. uh that's fine. i don't buy that uh, kyler's
2: gonna be there that long either
0: that's fine hey if you want to say that then
1: that's, that, that's that's the only good, premise of my point. argument right. against him is if you the Kyler situation.
0: Kyler's gonna be out longer uh, than I do, then you know what? If you're right then is I this would timeline probably be wrong right about like, what
2: do they do have, do have any idea I
0: there's no, no timeline yet. He's still possibly gonna play week one. They're saying they have but yeah, I mean it's they have not just even up, with up that in the air. They have not they have not given us any info.
1: It's very tough. I did a lot of Googling to see if I could find any Arizona beat reporter or anything that had any kind of info so I could have a little bit more to back my argument, but it is nothing at all. Yeah, so. you're, you're playing the wild card of Kyla Murray's health right now. We'll know a lot more. I'm sure two weeks from
0: now this argument will be a lot easier to have, to be honest, because we'll have a, hopefully an update. Or at that point, a lack of an update would probably be an update in itself that things aren't going too well. But uh, anyway. Cody, you want to get to your last guy?
1: Let's do it. Let's wrap this up here. Uh, Last guy, uh, actually going, I think, a little bit ahead of Hollywood Brown, but just the way that we worked it out so we could go back and forth. Terry McLaurin, currently going ADP at 25, uh, 52nd overall, early, mid-fifth round pick. So we're right back in that Christian Watson, DJ Moore tier of player. I have him at 23. Nick has him at 34. So I would say considerably below his ADP. Um, I kind of just want to go through – I, just a couple stats here with Terry McLaurin. I, again, it's another situation where some of these quarter or some of these wide receivers, where you could just make the quarterback argument. It's hard to really like argue against that because yeah, we don't know what Sam Howell is going to look like. I think if Jacoby Brissett's the quarterback, I think I may like McLaurin a little bit more <laughs> just Agreed. based on what he did with Cooper last year. Yeah. Um, but let's just go. Let's just talk about the player and Terry McLaurin himself. Uh, and last year, he's coming off his best fantasy finish. He finishes the wide receiver fourteen. He was the wide receiver 22 in points per game. I'll point that out. But when I'm looking at my wide receiver two and wide receiver three, I'm going to consider healthiness as a very positive note. Uh, If I don't have to worry about going in and adding, you know, a Nico Collins the week of to play my wide receiver three, because Terry McLaurin, you know, has a sticky ankle injury. (laughs) <laughs> it was just the first one How off the mind. Nico you. Collins shouldn't shouldn't be disgraced <laughs> like that. I know. <laughs> yeah, come on, he's got a real
0: quarterback this year. Sorry, i yeah. really off, but could look.
1: go. No, I just wanted to make my my point of healthiness come yeah, across there. um So the only game that he did play with Sam Howell was Week 18. He finishes the wide receiver 11. It's Week 18. We all know that that's weird. um So not going to really stand on that too much. My argument for Terry McLaurin is pretty simple. We've had a constant issue with who his quarterback's going to be now for three straight years. He's finished as a wide receiver two or better every single year of his career besides his rookie year, which was wide receiver 28. So even in a year where he wasn't good, he was, or considered that good, he was still able to produce for fantasy. Um, He's actually coming off, like I said, the best year of his career, and he still kind of has those same question marks around him. Uh, And I also do think a little bit, we're we're not really specifically talking about him, but, if, like, Jahan Dotson had a little bit of touchdown luck last year. I'm not going to say that he's not an outstanding player because I do think he is pretty good and he's going to be a great wide receiver too for that team this year. But he got the ball a lot in the end zone when he was on the field, kind of took a little bit from McLaurin towards down the stretch. Um, I don't think that that's a 100% that Jahan's going to be their touchdown scorer. That's obviously, you know, touchdowns can go either way any given week, any given year. So I just think wide receiver 14, last year, you're drafting him as wide receiver 25. So you're drafting him right outside being a wide receiver 2. He's already proven his floor is a wide receiver 2. If Sam Howell can be average, it's going he's going to be better. If Jacoby Brissett comes in, I think he's at least a mid-level wide receiver too, just based off of what Amari did uh, with Jacoby. I believe I may have this number wrong because I realized both my numbers are eight, but I believe Amari Cooper was the number eight wide receiver through the first 10 or 12 weeks last year when Jacoby was the right. uh, quarterback. So again, Sam, how's my biggest question mark just because we have not seen him on the field enough to really trust that he's going to be an NFL caliber quarterback. But you know, I know Taylor Heineke's a great story, but, you know, you can have your question marks with him and all the other Washington quarterbacks and McLaurin just seems to be a constant throughout. So when I'm looking in this range, um, you know, again, I think I'm going Christian Watson is my favorite guy in this category, but I think McLaurin would be right behind him uh, when I'm looking at these rankings.
0: All right. Uh this this pains me to be honest. I'm a big scary Terry fan as a player. Uh I think he seems like a really great dude to uh I've seen some stories come out about his, you know, impact in the locker room and work with uh, you know, just like charities in Washington and stuff. Seems like a very very great human being and a really good wide receiver. I'd love to see him with a decent quarterback and see if he could maybe, you know, turn in a wide receiver 12 or better season uh in that case, but Like Cody said, he will be playing with Sam Howell this year, and if it's not Sam Howell, it's Jacoby Brissett. I know we like Jacoby Brissett, but uh, he is what he is. He's a a career backup. He played well with Cleveland last year, but I I don't know if we can expect substantially better numbers than what uh, McLaurin had with Heineke last year, especially because Heineke kind of zeroed in on Terry McLaurin for a large portion of the season and peppered him with targets. I'm not sure that's going to be the case. I'll get to that later, but In Terry McLaurin's career, like you said, he's been healthy the whole time, but I think that's also sort of masked a little bit of his game-to-game inefficiency. He was wide receiver 22 last year, like you said, in points per game, wide receiver 33 in 21, wide receiver 20 in 2020, and wide receiver 28 in 2019. So wide receiver 20 in points per game is the highest he has gotten so far in his career. He will be 28 on September 15th. I feel like we think of him as kind of a younger guy, but he is not. I think we've sort of seen his peak as a player. Maybe it's this year. I don't think he's going to take a step back in ability, but I don't think there's a leap coming here uh, from a 28-year-old guy. He's kind of on the back end of what we consider his prime. Uh, you know, Maybe maybe right in the middle of it for a wide receiver, but again, I don't think there's a leap coming. That's kind of my point there. And then the other concern is Jahan Dotson. As Cody said, uh, You know, the touchdowns, I'll start with that. Maybe it was an outlier. Uh, Jahan caught seven last year to Terry McLaurin's, uh, excuse me, five total in a lot fewer targets. That's probably a little fluky, but at the same time, Terry McLaurin's touchdown totals in his career, seven, four, five, five. Not much of a touchdown scorer to this point, and Jahan Dotson steps right into the offense and scores seven on a lot fewer targets than uh, what Terry's been seeing the past few years. Maybe he's just a better red zone player for whatever reason. I'm not sure uh, you of the X's and O's of it. Uh, But I think there is something to Terry McLaurin's lack of scores to this point in his career. Uh, And then from week 13 on, so Jahan Dotson, he struggled early on. He got hurt. And then when he came back, he played 50% of the snaps in the first three games back. That was weeks 10, 11, and 12. Uh, From week 13 on, Terry McLaurin, 34 targets. Jahan Dotson, 35 targets. He really turned it on. This was not a 1-2 situation. It was a 1A, 1B Uh, and Dotson, again, was the preferred guy in the red zone. Uh, The the game that you referenced where Terry McLaurin played with uh, Sam Howell, he had six targets to Jahan's four, but... Jahan had three catches for 70 yards. Uh, McLaurin had four for 72. So both of them actually had some success in that game. Again, really small sample size, so I don't really want to take much from that. But I think uh, Jahan Dotson has a higher ceiling because of his touchdown potential and much higher draft pedigree. Let's not forget, this was a first-round pick last year. He was the sixth wide receiver off the board amazingly, but still a top-20 pick in the NFL. Terry McLaurin uh, was a third-rounder. So, again, he's been a very, very good wide receiver to this point, but I don't think has the top-end talent that Jahan Dotson does. So uh, I would prefer to just wait and take Dotson. I actually have him ranked a spot higher than Terry McLaurin. Uh, I, gun to my head, Terry McLaurin's probably going to score more points this year than Dotson, but my point is that if you're taking the shot this late, I want the guy with the higher ceiling, and that's Dotson to me. So uh, that's why I'm a little lower on McLaurin. I don't really see the ceiling here.
1: Yeah. I, I don't have too much of a rebuttal. Um, like I said, I didn't really have too big of an argument because it is just tough. Like it's not like another receiver where they have continuity with their quarterback, where you can just look back at the stats and really put a lot of faith into it. Um, yeah, again, I, we, even from a points per game standpoint, like I said, he has been a healthy wide receiver for your fantasy team. I think that that's something that's, we don't consider too much when we're looking at it at this point of the season because we're always just looking at upside and how what what have you done for me lately combined with what can you do for me this year. Um, but if Terry McLaurin's in your wide receiver two spot every single week, um, not only do I feel like you have the upside of him to be able to finish as a wide receiver one, which he's proven throughout his career, uh, but again, even if his floor is you know uh, mid-wide receiver two in points per game, you're, you're drafting them just barely above that. So you're not really losing a lot of value on that pick. I think it's a pretty safe pick. I think like if you want to get ballsy and go DJ Moore over them because you like the potential upside, I think that's a draft selection while you're building your team. Uh, but for me, when I'm just looking at the value there, I feel like there's – there's close to no way outside of injury that Terry McLaurin doesn't find his way in this same area again, and I do think that there is a chance that he could have one of those outlier touchdown seasons and bump himself up into a higher caliber of wide receiver 2.
0: You said Terry McLaurin's floor is a mid-wide receiver 2, even though the highest he's ever been on points That's, per game is wide receiver no. 20. So I think his ceiling Sorry. is a mid-wide receiver 2. I think it's what you meant when, uh, when you said that. His floor I mean, is wide receiver, receiver 3. I yeah, was thinking well, mid wide receiver three. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fair. I'd say that's. Uh, I was thinking between mid, two and three. Mid,
1: I was mid. going two and a half, and oh. then just, I don't know why I said mid two, because that would obviously be like 18. So, yeah. So Which mid, his floor is higher he's he's floors a mid wide receiver three, and then goes down to uh, a ceiling of, you know, a wide receiver two. But I think he does have a little bit more. Uh, and we'll see. Again, with the quarterback play, I don't really have any argument on that. So yeah, I don't know. We'll I mean, see if if Sam can be good or Jacoby can be decent like he was last year. I feel like there's a little bit of a higher ceiling, but there's a reason why you're taking him at the wide receiver too. I mean, I think if he's on the Chiefs with this talent, you're you're pretty stoked about him. But the quarterback's just something you can't you can't overcome until we see it.
0: Yeah, I just don't I don't understand taking Terry McLaurin over DJ Moore at all. I think these are two very similar receivers. They've had quarterback struggles throughout their career. They've been really running the carousel. Uh, I'm not saying Justin Fields will be a better passer than Sam Howell this year, but I think there's a very good pot. There's, if one of those two is going to take a leap, it's going to be Fields, not Sam Howell. I mean, we've seen him play one NFL game so far and he, and DJ Moore's the unquestioned one. And I think he could argue that Jahan might be the one here. So I, I don't, I just, I couldn't, I could not see the argument to take, uh, McLaurin over, over Moore because I think they're very similar quality wide receivers as players. And I think, uh, Moore's an eight vastly superior situation
1: all right I won't I'm not gonna put all my eggs in the McLaurin basket but I'll I'll beer bet you Christian Watson versus DJ Moore and points no, per just, game total points finish whatever you whatever want to name it want. I'll take Christian yeah. Watson you, you got DJ you name
0: Moore, it so. you name it out of those things and I'll give it to you because I I like free beer it's, all right I, that's one of my it's one of my my uh, monikers throughout life I feel like I've, I've <laughs> been very successful with Free beer is good, so I'm, I'm
1: all for it. Is it is it a hot take that I'd rather have a cold beer than a free beer? Is that is that a uh, hot take? Potato? Yeah, that is.
2: A free beer is the best beer. A cold beer is the best. <laughs> <laughs> say-
0: yeah, drink yeah, your drink your warm, warm drink your beer warm, is much piss water. better than cold beer that you paid for, Cody.
1: You you, you fool. You fucking a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. All right, uh, drum roll for good old Terry Mack. Let's hear it.
2: I am actually going to side with Nick in this one again, and going in, I thought I was going to side with Cody, but I think I see a lot more of Jahan Dotson's upside, and I didn't realize that he had kind of eaten into that wide receiver one role on that team, and I just don't think that they're going to be able to... <laughs> what, you don't like that, Cody? You don't like that? Wide
1: receiver one role? I don't think any of his stats besides touchdown show wide receiver one role. I meant on like well... the
2: Washington roster.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. He, I well, mean, he's he saying cl- he's saying he got more targets at the end of the year. One. Yeah, he, I think,
0: I think there's a good there's a there's a very good possibility one A one B.
2: Yeah, like going into the night, I was like, it's Terry McLaurin up here, and then it's Dotson down here. Now I think it's more like you know,
1: this is and, audio. I think that's I think that's fair. <laughs> that's yeah. I guess so. So I guess so. This is where I my question is where we're where we're arguing is so. Do you think McLaurin's ADP should be down at thirty four? Because you said Nick won the argument, so how far yeah, are you okay. how far are you drafting Terry McLaurin down there? Because that's that's where like I don't really understand where these arguments are going. Is like there's a lot of guys in between 25 and 34 that I'm sure you're probably taking McLaurin over. Would you rather take Marquise Brown or McLaurin?
2: Without knowing As we about sit
1: here today,
0: Tyler, yes. I would
2: take Terry. Actually, maybe I am. I'm Christian gonna I'm gonna switch that. Actually, no, I wouldn't take Christian Watson over him. Uh. Tyler Lockett, uh, probably because I have to trust Geno more. Mike Williams. Mm, that's another tough one. I think I'd go McLaurin.
1: Christian okay. Kirk. I think you know, I think we're I think I'm okay with this argument at this point. Then, like we're we're cutting it like gets razor thin here. I was just. Genuinely curious if you just had Terry McLaurin as a borderline wide receiver three, or if you were just on Nick's side of the argument for Jahan Dotson.
0: I I don't think him finishing as wide receiver twenty four would you be, would you be would be you winning the argument though? I say the point that I made is that I think he will finish above where I have him ranked. I just don't see the the, the upside here at all, and I think you are you know you are locking yourself into a guy that is going to be a low-end wide receiver two at best, and maybe even a wide receiver three with a lot of inconsistencies where there are a lot of guys around him. John Dotson, his teammate, Gabe Davis, De- Deontay J- all these guys I think have higher upside than Terry McLaurin. They are guys that could be weekly starters that are giving you an advantage week to week, whereas McLaurin is kind of going to be what he is. He's going to have his duds. He's going to have his good weeks, but I don't I don't see a ton of upside with Sam Howells as quarterback and Dotson potentially uh, emerging here.
1: Fair enough. Eric, any final statements? We ended up tying uh, throughout mm-hmm. the, whole, tying the whole
0: process. There, it was. Yep. I believe. Uh, let's see. 10-10 overall. So, good yep. job, guys. It was. It was hard fought.
1: <laughs> good stuff for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Eric, uh, just
0: being the uh, the forever the 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 Solomon of the situation here just cut the baby in half not making anybody upset
1: if he would have given you
0: if he have given you the Terry McLaurin argument I would have just left I think I would have just walked out of there so
1: I, I would have been real upset yeah these are these are fun to do i'm so happy they're over with i'm I, I, these i cannot stand having to make arguments there off of is just a completely lot of just, digging
0: that goes into this it, it really it, is.
1: it has been so time consuming just to build arguments that literally after week one i could look back on and be like that was such a stupid fucking argument i had to make yeah because <laughs> i there was a couple
0: times where i was building an argument where i had to just i just like i was like i don't like this like i i can't like i don't believe what i'm talking about right now and i had to just tear yeah. it down and and like restart, and I was like, that was like forty-five minutes down the drain of just That's- like looking up this stat, and then this stat, and then this stat, and I'm like, oh wait, this whole argument's stupid, and I just have to restart. Yeah, it is. It is very time-consuming. They are really fun, though.
1: Yes, they are a lot of fun. We, uh and it also kind of makes you, even if it's like not as fun when you have to like stand up and like stand on it, but like it does make you think. Like I look back at my DK Metcalf ranking, like. I don't know, like, I think I like Calvin Ridley a little bit more now, been rising a little bit on me Debo too. as well in that same category. So it's like, it kind of makes you think about it like, oh, you know, why is Nick this far down? Let me look at some different stats too. And you're like, yeah. okay, that makes sense and stuff. So Helps it was me. a fun exercise I'm for biased. sure. But it will it will be nice to get into just – uh some positives. We can we can stay on a lot of positive things from here on out when we're talking about these players. We don't have to try and tear them down and and fight for our argument. Does somebody you know, want to take
2: like, a beer bet with me that Jordan Love's going to be a bottom five quarterback this year? What how is, do we like, rank how that? Do you, how
0: do you quantify that? Yeah,
2: bottom five in mm, points per game or QBR or anything. I just want him so at the bottom. Like, of is league. this
0: of like guys a fantasy that start or NFL at least ten games or something? Or like because because I mean bottom five. I mean there's going to be like. 45 quarterbacks that play i mean you can oh yeah quarterback 37 and not be bottom five technically so. we do need a minimum games Since, so let's do, say well let's just games, say like three fourths of the season i'd say that i would like, say
1: 10 to 12 depending as long as he plays the full season i would say if you play 10 games as a quarterback in the nfl you you were that season starter right? i guess so. i mean i could
0: see like baker mayfield playing the first five games getting benched
1: and then playing
0: the last five games or something of trash just is horrible. And then maybe he's better at points per game than Love, but he didn't really have a better year. You know, I don't know. Like he could have like a yeah. couple outlier games that just push him up. I, 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 you, I but again, I I'm okay with you guys. This is your guy. I just that. That so to want to bet on Jordan
2: Love to be bad. How we do that, I don't care.
0: Okay. I'm gonna say minimum <laughs> ten games.
1: All right, uh, here. You know what? I'll I'll throw one out there for you. I'll go Justin Fields versus uh Jordan Love in passing yards per game.
2: Oh, I'll take Justin Fields hundred out of hundred times. All right,
1: okay. I'll take Jordan <laughs> Love. Good one. I think that's that's fair because I'm not betting against Justin Fields' legs. All three yeah, of them. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's nice <laughs> yeah, Cody. I was gonna say I was say either that or you just have to choose some other bottom feeder quarterback that, or,
0: or Eric, you have to choose some bottom feeder quarterback you like more than Jordan Love, like a, you know, like CJ Stroud or something like that. But
1: uh, do you have yeah, Do you good. have R two written down anywhere? Like, do you have it in a document or just on a note somewhere?
0: Uh, yeah, he shared it with me earlier. Yeah, the uh, the bets I have them I have them written down. I sent you the Perfect. the doc yesterday, so they should be uh, should be cool. there. I, I I made our our DJ Moore one. I said Nick bets Cody DJ Moore will outscore Christian Watson in points per game half PPR. Does that sound all right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Cody bets Eric that Jordan Love will have more passing yards per game than Justin Fields. I like that one. That one's, uh, that one's interesting.
2: He's going to go for, I just like, I enjoy buying people beer, first, so. ACL, you guys I'm, say you like you guys like free beer. When I right. when I
1: pull up with this boiling hot beer, I hope you guys all <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> I'm a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. you oh, right. yeah. Eric, <laughs> you opened you open that door for the boiling
0: hot beer, man. That was all you. I'm going to blame you and I'm fucking choking <laughs> on a me. warm <laughs> Keystone light. Yeah, I know. Oh, jeez. All
1: right. Well, all right. Let's wrap up this episode. If you made it this far in, like, comment, subscribe, share with friends, share with family. Help the boys get out there. We are. Uh, it's gonna be pretty hot and heavy for the next few months. So, if you are an yep. early one on the bandwagon, uh, share us, share us with a couple of your buddies. We are working, working our butts off to get this content out to you, both long form, short form. Check out TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the stuff. So, it should be everywhere. Peace out. Any any final statements, boys? Are we we, we good? I
0: think we're good. good
1: Let's get out of here. I think we need a good saying to end every. I feel like every like every good podcast has a good saying at the end of it. Like people like say something. Love of- I'm cool with that one. DJ Moore is a fucking beast. I'm gonna win all my beer bets, and I feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs>